We are happy to announce that this episode of the SW Show is partially brought to you by Humble Bundle. Well, not, not really. We are part of the Humble Bundle referral program, and we just wanted to say that if you like really cheap games and maybe helping charity pending the Humble thing going on, all you have to do is go to humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. That's right. Humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. And you just do your normal stuff and it just kind of helps us get a couple bucks here and there. Maybe it helps AJ go about his lights. Maybe it's my camera. Maybe we actually pay Corey for helping us out. But again, if you're going to go buy games anyway, it might be worth checking out. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Movie Club. Tonight we are talking about... The Beekeeper. One hour and 43 or 44 minutes of just pure action. It is valid to say, I don't know what I expected, but it was not this. Yeah, it's... it's. I mean, I figured it would be a typical Statham action movie. Wait, and that's what I was trying to think of, like... Like, I'm trying to think, because it's Jason Statham with, like... Which, like... Already, like Jason Statham's character is generic, semi-ethnic uh, guy that we need to be uh, no semi-European, not semi-European, semi but like it's that like very much has has accent that he kind of just morphed what he needs it to be stuff like that. He's kind of like yeah, like, like he's he's it's funny because he in, there's a world where you got to be generic extra, but instead he's like one of the biggest action stars. I mean, I think he's built himself up to. No, no, he's earned it, but, like, you yeah. could totally see that world. Well, he's just a generic guy that would be in stuff, but it, instead he's that. Yeah. I mean, t dude took over the uh, Expendables franchise. Also, I did not realize that he was married or engaged to Rosie Huntington Whitley. That's a fairly recent thing, so. Uh, since 2010. They've been married? Since engaged, since 2010. Apparently they're engaged right now. I don't know when they got engaged. Uh, uh, 2016. Yeah, uh, that's still fairly recently. That's not. That's eight years ago. Oh, oh shit, that's right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so this is the beekeeper. Uh, I'm trying to think where to start. Let's start. We kind of talk about it to begin with. Let's start there. So David Ayer is the director of this film, which I, I want to make the point of. He has to have... Actually, I was thinking about this more we're talking. It's the front half of his career is really good, right? And then it just got kind of fell off the face of the earth. Well, I think the front half of his career, he built a name for himself. And then people just started throwing money at him. So, I don't know if it's necessarily like... You know, his issue... Um... You know, being, oh, he's choosing the wrong projects. I think it's become a guy just gets checks. And you can't blame him. Oh, yeah, I don't have to blame him. Like, like, because what's End of Watch, his last, I think, good movie? Um, like, after that, it's like Suicide Squad, it's Bright, it's... 
Let's see, as a director. I mean, he did Fury, which I think a lot of people enjoy. I don't know if Sarah know if people necessarily see it as it's fair that's fair there, there's like and i'm not saying it's like per age but it like like which all a man who went from training day to fast and furious to dark blue to going to like bright and suicide squad like that's such a change it's not even like funny and i understand he wrote those even directly but like it's so interesting how much it changed yeah it's It's certainly one of those things where, like, you're forgetting that the original Fast and Furious came out before Training Day. No, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I guess it's the same year, but I think one came out. It's same year. I, I, they were listed as... Did they actually... I think they were, like, right next to each other. Yeah, it's Fast and Furious and then Training Day. But Yo, if you uh, go I, by yeah, yeah, bottom is, quote-unquote, yeah. older. But like, but like, they're they are June to September difference. Like, I you're 100 yeah. you're correct. But yeah, they were like right that that you, that's when you make a name for yourself. It's going kind of back, yeah, to back like that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, where where I, would you like to start? With that? What was your kind of going into this? What was your take? Because obviously you were excited for this. Um, I think my take on this was just like, hey, it's gonna be Statham. It, it like Statham John Wick, right? Like it had that feeling of, you know, maybe it's gonna go the route of the first John Wick, where like something was wronged and then he just goes on a rampage. Um, but then the whole like. I understand why they had to be on the head with the B analogies because if yeah, you were subtle about it so many people would just be like I don't get it why is it called the beekeeper you know um, so you know if they had been more subtle I think some of that stuff could have played out a little bit better mm-hmm. um, but really I mean Looking at kind of the lead up to this movie, I was just like, this movie's not going to be that long. It's just going to be action. It's going to be a fun break for movie club. Because normally we do like fairly serious movies. Yeah, but like I think that's kind of we tend to like, I'm not saying we don't enjoy those, but we tend to as people, I think, default to those type of films. Yeah, and 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 we need these movies every now and then. And this to me, and it makes sense at also being Amazon, I guess. Like, it's not the same, but it reminds me of, like, The Cocaine Bear or Violent Night or, like, one of those. Like, it's kind of like, we found a way post-John Wick or in there of John Wick to find this new genre of, like, we discussed, I think it was cocaine, but we discussed kind of, like, what is the future of action films? Or, no, it was, like, um, this year we did, or last year we did with, um, what was the film we watched? The fourth one of, that I hadn't seen the John others Wick. of? No, 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 no. Was it Denzel Washington, I think? Oh, yeah, we, we watched, watched uh, some... Equalizer 3. 
Yes. So when we talk about that, like the, the future of the action film, and like if this becomes like without one, the problem is like we talked about how like action franchises are gone. This to me seems like a fun way to keep the action film alive because it's like let's do the instead of doing the Valentine's Day thing, I'm getting all of our favorite celebrities together. This one's the let's action you get all of your favorite celebrities together, and there's something really I appreciate about that. And like especially like they got Jeremy Irons in this. They who, who how much do they pay for Richard to be in this film? Like I mean, like, like this this is kind of my point. Like you were you asked me about like is this the next cocaine bear? The mm-hmm. problem is the budget is so vastly different. Like this movie mm-hmm. clearly had a budget. Cocaine Bear looks like it was filmed as a student film that mm-hmm. got expanded out. What was so this budget was forty million. What was Cocaine Bear's budget? Probably like ten. Thirty. Cocaine Bear had a thirty million dollar budget. Uh, that might be inflated due to advertising budget mm, I can't tell actually yeah so that's that's possible. the problem is they can hide some of that stuff with no, I, and I know this is Hollywood math so yeah. like all of it's fake to begin with but yeah yeah also um the other one I want to shout out in this film because I was just thinking the other day we don't get enough of is I don't understand how but they got Mini Driver in this film and that's like another actress who like we just don't get enough and also, this is a very different type of role for her, which I found very interesting, I feel like. Because, like, obviously she's, like, the love interest or the friendly or even, like, some serious roles. But, like, I don't think we see her kind of in this type of role that often at all, if we have. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at her her filmography to be like, oh, yeah, this is another... Because it's just, like, we don't, like, the action... Like, I just don't see an action genre, I feel like. Yeah. Or if she has been in action movies, it's more of a... Like, secondary character or the, like, something, like, more, An like, expositional like character. she's with someone. Yeah, like, she's with someone that something happened to, I feel like, and she's there to explain it. Like, I, I just don't feel like I see her in the action. Let me phrase that. Yeah. So, I had... I think so that we will... Obviously... Jimmy Iron. I had so much fun watching this movie. And I think you could tell that. Do you think when we will uh, get more of these? I hope not. I really <laughs> hope this is a one done. Something tells me it won't some be. Point, wait, because like at some point, I understand we talk about the death of, of like these action genre stuff, but like Sequels make money. This is a rule of life. And I just need to burn a franchise to the ground. But on paper, sequels make money. Or at least stuff like... Like, all that stuff becomes easier in a sequel. Or can become easier in a sequel if you want to budget it. Where, like, you'd think they would just be like, can we just pay Jason Statham, remove every other B-list actor from this film, put C-list actors in this place, and cut the budget in half? Like, you know that's what they're thinking in the back room. I mean, honestly, like... If you take... Statham Irons and Mini Driver out like mm-hmm. there's people that you know right like Josh Hutcherson you know who that is yeah but but I think you need I guess that's fair you could do the upgrade him to main character because you need someone from this film to transfer over for logistical reasons 
I mean, what has... Like, I could see a world where this is... Uh, could you see a world where this is, like, an Amazon series? I could see that. Uh, yeah. But only because they're trying to put everything as... A series. Also, the other thing I want to shout out, because I'm looking at the poster currently, who would put from the director of Suicide Squad on this film? I mean, hey. Like, you gotta make people curious. That? <laughs> they just gotta be curious. This is true. This is true. Is there anything else that you want to shout out uh, for just telling people to go run to the theaters? Uh, yeah, I mean, this, so, this movie's not just pure action, right? Like, it covers an interesting topic of, you know, this kind of modern identity theft scam culture that we have. Mm -hmm. And really, other than that kind of being over the top at times, as well as the FBI agent being a little over the top. That being said, some of the lines that she has are hilarious. The one where she's like, they're checking in and she goes, sorry, my partner hasn't slept in three days and he's recently concussed or something like that. Just as like a throwaway line to get the Secret Service to not question them. As That's much a great as line. I hate some modern, I hate some modern Hollywood writing and some modern Hollywood how you make films. There is something really fun when it's a film like this. You just tell people had fun, yeah. and it's just you just see it. Yeah, like the a lot of the the torture to the uh, mob guy, the the first data center dude. The torture to him is just hilarious. Um, I will be honest, I thought for sure, like, because they call him, you know, the queen killer, I thought for mm-hmm. sure he was killing the president. Yeah. That, I that mean, they I set that up from it. as soon as you find out who she is. It, they and they set that up. It's like okay, he's gonna kill her, and then that's his like, mm-hmm. you know, vindication or whatever. But also, the, the South African dude just like being a tank, and then finally the way to defeat him is to kick his fake leg off. It's it's such a good little. Which I will admit, I like that they. Well, I don't like how they shot his initial getting shot. Because it looks like he just domes him like square between the eyes. But they show that it went through his cheek. Which. You can survive and I. I appreciate movies that do that where they it looks like they got shot in the head but actually they got shot in the cheek um the second yeah, especially Sicario like when it's done it right too. yeah 
the, right, the problem is like when it's not done right, you're like, obviously they faked it. If you could do it and it's like, oh, you just adjust the camera and you could see it was totally a visual trick, then it's cool. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, dude's alive because that's not a fatal shot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. To have Statham go unscathed and then finally get stabbed by this South African dude that probably should have been dead a couple times. Mm-hmm. At times, I was like, okay, you either need to have him be an absolute tank and nothing happened to him, or you need to John Wick it and show that he's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Throughout it, not just as a plot device. Um, and I really thought kind of the end where he's like, you get to make the choice. I was like, dear God, they're going to set this up for a sequel. <laughs> with that line. But then it's like, they really kind of don't. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah, just kind of wraps up neatly. It, it's probably one of the only films I feel like I've seen recently that kind of just actually puts a bow on everything. Yeah, because everything wants to be a... You know, it's got to be at least a two, if not three part. At least, or at least the open for one. So in five years, they decided to make it, it makes sense. Like even like something like cocaine, like they kind of do these things where they open it. So you'd be like, oh, we can come back if we need to. Like they kind of just leave that little stuff ready. I hope they don't come back to cocaine, Mare. No, but like they totally set up so they could. I think they are, but I hope they don't. Like it's... Like, they have to after, like, success of it. Right? Because the box office is, like, almost 100 mil. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's... I feel like that succeeded because of the meme, whereas Morbius died because of the meme. The difference was, when we all went to see this, because the meme, we all shocked how good it was. That's the difference. I mean, Cocaine Bear was not good. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, but it was entertaining. You cannot it was watch it until you not have a fun time. You Okay, the difference is this film was just entertaining. And I say it was amazing, yeah. but it was entertaining. Morbius was entertaining because it was actively bad. This was at least had the entertaining factor of understanding that part. Yeah, I mean, and, and Beekeeper's the same way. Like, as soon as the final action sequence starts... Mm-hmm. You're just like, dude, yep. I'm ready for this ride. Let's go. You're like, I know exactly what's going on. We're ready. Yep. I'm like, I know I know how they're gonna choreograph this. I probably know the end of this. Like, I don't care. Let's just do this. Uh, while we are wrapping up action movie talk, I have to ask you, because no scene in this film I think has topped it. Do you think we are visually gonna see a, a scene that ever topped the John Wick top down scene? In like an action film. The top down scene. When John Wick four cuts to or which was four? Whatever. Oh, when they when they take <laughs> the roof <laughs> off the, the hotel. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, With the crane shots and all that, way they do it where it looks like um, I mean Hotline Miami. That's just the evolution of the old boy shot. 
the hallway shot. But like, it's such a um, cool evolution. Yeah. I think we will. I think they'll go full on like single take seven plus minutes you know that kind of style we have to train audiences for that no no if you do it right why the first person doesn't work it's because like you can't like visually there's some problems no if you do it right you can totally do a single take action sequence that long and make it feel right and not leave audiences confused. You have to do a slower action, I feel like, at points. So you can do it fast in moments, but like whoever the main guy is, whoever the main point of the shot is, has to be clean and a little slower versus like random explosion on the side, too. Like that's been the problem with those kind of shots. Mm, no, I think. Because you, you have to get multiple rooms. It's the pacing in the shot when it's that long, you have to kind of watch it. I mean, you need to do a lot of cutting to establish what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But then once you set it up and once you start that Rube Goldberg machine, I think you could do it as a one-shot. Um, I know you don't like Marvel stuff. If you ever are curious, uh, the last episode of Loki season one, and then they have documentary for all their shows, that documentary talks about the shot a ton for like 15 minutes. Uh, they did a really cool thing where they stitched basically a fake one-shot, but it looks like a one-shot actually in the scene really well. No, nah, if you're going to stitch it, that's just the cheater way to do it. At least Daredevil yeah, had the yeah, balls like the, the to try and do it. Well, I'm not one saying the Daredevil so one was good, enough. but... <laughs> it's I so mean... funny to me that the most iconic one-shot still like the Goodfellas one-shot. Like, it just points that as, like, the one-shot. Yeah. I think there's a lot more iconic one shots. That's one though. I feel like that when you say to people, like, give me one. I feel like Goodfellas is the one that like comes out. I I give you the better ones, but like I feel like it's the like pop. It is the pop culture one because it, it's just it was such a big movie that era too. I think my favorite one was from. Uh... Oh shit! I'm gonna get the. I think it's. I think it's Jarhead. There's a really good one shot. There's a good one shot in American mm. Sniper too. Um. It's not very long, but it's pretty well done. Um. But. End of Watch has a lot of really good one-shots. Um, and I feel like, honestly, you could cut a lot of that movie together as just the the camera from inside the car. Um, the 28 Days Later series has some pretty good one-shots. Um, obviously, 1917 mm-hmm. is a very good example of... using cuts wisely Mm-mm-mm. because that's one it's a film you have a film that fakes it's, I'm not it's not actually truly faking a one shot but it really it, like they're really good at making you feel like it I mean the shot length in 1917 yeah is 
ungodly. And when they do cut, it's smartly done. You know, it's not a cut to get another angle. It's to progress mm-hmm. time or it's to you know, it, to do stuff like that. It's to progress the story. It's not to just, oh, well, we need a shot reaction shot. So that's probably my favorite. I mean, this movie has some like longer action sequences mm. they're not one shots but I definitely feel like it could it could maybe do some of its action as one shots but no in terms of like stepping up from that I don't other than making it just a one shot I don't know what you would do um Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't know either. That's kind of short of like going like, with, like going back and making Saving Private Ryan style. Like, I feel like it's that you need to like if we could find better ways to embed not actually attack, but like the way a GoPro looks. What are those like on the cameras? Maybe like like I'm trying to think that or the other idea is I just think it'd be fun. So, you know, there's that one film that played with everything was what was shot on webcam searching whatever it was so it was on it was on like the computer um oh I thought I think you were talking about play with that, like, Henry I was like that movie sucks. oh no no that, that did not that no but like that one I think had cool ideas and I wouldn't be, I'd be interested to watch it through like either security camera footage or actually jumping to the cameras like I wonder if something you play something like that kind of as a shot angle yeah that could be I mean or the other fun one is, can you play with, like, horizontal and vertical video? Like, can you play with black and stuff, like, in video and, like, those lines and use that to, like... It's out of scene, but, like, it pulls the audience, like, out for a shot. I mean, you could frame it such that, like, you use doorways mm-hmm. to create... Like, you, could, you could use environment to, to create whatever the, the yeah. you want with that video's thing. But, like, it's purposely to, like, mess with the audience. It feels something, like, further away or pull them in. Ooh, that's an interesting... Could you, like do a shot where, like, the action's going and it does, like, a pull-out and, like, pushes them in real fast, kind of, like a roller coaster. Uh, yeah, that's kind of easy to do. You basically yeah, just like, throw that a one zoom like seen. What's that? Yeah. I say that one because I feel like I've seen that kind of shot once in a while. Yeah, you basically just throw a zoom lens on and you need to zoom in faster than the camera moves back. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you can create. That's like, that it gives you that effect, basically. Yeah, that's how you, you create that effect of the speed. Yeah. So that, that's just kind of my. Th- I, I just don't know how else to kind of like. I, I think that was a shot that's just going to be for a long time, kind of standing up there. It's an iconic one. I mean, honestly, I if they want to do something like that, I think Sicario is a great franchise, if you want to call it that, to explore with something like that. Because they've done that, right? Like, they shot with uh, night vision and thermal in the first one. Um, You know, they explored dash cams in the second one. Um, Cell phone cameras, stuff like that. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like if you wanted to create 
maybe a stitched together one shot using but it's using the other cams like in the scene yeah, like, yeah using like body cams and using helmet like, cams and stuff so like the that. action's like one motion you have to line up so I think it be tight but like you could still if anything all of them would have to be recording at the same time and just in the editing I just overlay them yeah and then from there I pull ID but yeah that'd be kind of cool to actually one shot it but like using a ten, like a ton of cameras it'd be tough god the rehearsal for it no it would not be easy shot. that would be the expensive shot It'd be like that, uh, yeah. that 90 minute one shot. I forget what it's called. Oh, yeah. Um, I always want to call it a Serbian film, but I'm like, it's definitely not that. Um, but there's a movie that's like 94, 95 minutes long, and it's a one shot. And there's a pretty good documentary on it. And they had enough money to do it three times (laughs) and the third time is what you see as the movie so yeah but in terms of beekeeper i yeah highly recommend highly highly i would say very fun action film it's the turn off your brain you're going to have a good time yeah it's it's perfect for that you don't have to think the plot is barely there (laughs) <laughs> and um, you're like and every 10 minutes you go I know that actor yeah it's one of those this is the type like, of film that I think it's fair to say 10 years ago we'd have had like 5 every year yeah oh yeah it's just it's the film we don't get anymore because budgeting yeah I love the line where Jeremy Irons realizes it's a beekeeper and he's like and Josh Hutcherson's like well, what does that mean? He's just a beekeeper. And Jeremy Irons goes like, he's the last pair of eyes you'll ever see. That's such a good line. And I'm like, oh, so this is like legit, you know, super black label stuff. But, yeah. But yeah, beekeeper. Go check it out in theaters. Give the theaters your money. Go see out and fight out Tuesdays or you need to. Yeah. Have fun, everyone. The SW Show and all of its affiliate podcasts are podcasted by me, Mike Maroney, and AJ Losey, by sometimes by our contributors, including Corey King. You can follow the SW Show on social media at the SW Show, or sooner or later, you go to patreon.com slash SWW to help us out. Thank you. We hope you enjoy the rest of your day.